Paratooth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. Some places are so excluded that people just can't seem to reach them to investigate. Such is the case for oceans, deserts, jungles, forests, and swamps. In fact, due to these excluded places, it is believed that 86% of the world's species is still unknown. So, what happens when people claim to have witnessed a creature that has never been documented? This is the story of the Bishopville Monster. Now Paratruth presents Lizard Man, the true story of the Bishopville Monster, with special guest Lyle Blackburn. What's up, folks? Welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are here about a week outside of Scarefest. Yeah. 2015. Uh, I feel like the, the, I guess the whole weekend of Scarefest is still kind of lingering around yeah. after almost seven days. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's unfortunately back to the real world. It's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. You know, there was a lot of dark stuff. There, I know a lot of you had heard us mention that before the uh, the weekend, but also during our live episode of Scarefest. And, you know, things were kind of weird in certain places. Uh, met some interesting people, that's for sure. <laughs> um, some people that were actually really cool to meet. Yeah. You know, much, much more down to earth than I expected them to be, honestly. Um, so many people were willing to... You know, just take our card when we said, hey, we're looking for people to advertise with us or, hey, we're looking for guests. And it was just it was a pretty awesome thing. And we had somebody who actually has a YouTube channel like, hey, we we will cross promote. I'm like, sweet. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Right. Well, it was definitely a very interesting weekend and one that, you know, this is only the second time we'd been there. Uh, the last time was back in 2009. And I'd have to say it definitely got much bigger since that first time we were there. I think, what was that, uh, 2009, I think it was only running for three years when we had gotten there the first time, right? I think that was two, uh, year two because this was, was year, year eight and it's been okay. six years. So. Well, definitely much different still regardless of some of the horrifying things that we've seen (laughs) uh still a lot of fun and i can't wait for next year when i believe we do plan on having our own booth hopefully god willing Uh, which that would be absolutely great we'd love to be able to do that i know i know i would i know you would yeah 
So uh, and hopefully. the girls were excited about it too. So absolutely. Which, by the way, I am very surprised that the girls are probably one of our uh, best advertisers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not even knowing they were advertising for us necessarily the way that we uh, had heard. But uh, you know, people were going around when they see them like, "There's, there's the Paratruth girls." Yeah. Like, hey, good <laughs> people know the name. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, it was kind of cool that uh, Savannah just kind of walked around the VIP party and was like, are you interested in the paranormal? Oh, here, here's a card. <laughs> yeah. Now, if only she would have taken more cards and passed more out, but... Yeah. So. I think uh, I think it was kind of cool, too, that uh, Shelly and, and Savannah hit it off pretty well, gave us a chance to just kind of part our ways, so to speak, so we could go see things that we were needing to go see for future guests and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Well, folks, today, as I had mentioned earlier, is a brand new episode of Parachute Radio, if you haven't noticed that yet. Um, <laughs> I sure hope so. I hope they notice. If you haven't noticed, I mean, we got to do something different right. because that means all the shows are sounding exactly alike. Yeah. But we are actually going to cover a book today. You know, I know it's been a few weeks since we've had a guest on, so... Thankfully, we do have a guest on today. We love talking to our guests. Yep. And it's a book called Lizard Man, the true story of the Bishopville monster. Now, one thing that, you know, Justin and I absolutely love talking about is cryptids. Yep. Uh, there, there's really not a lot of evidence to support cryptids. And unfortunately, due to the lack of evidence, we can never prove or disprove their existence. Right. So I'm really interested in talking to the author today. Lyle Blackburn, which we're going to bring on in just a moment here, about this story and just what exactly, what kind of claims witnesses have come uh, to bring about this lizard man. <clears throat> and this is actually the first time I've ever heard of this cryptid, so it'll be interesting to get Lyle on and talk about this. Absolutely. So w- with that said, and without further ado, I think we should just go straight to our lines with Lyle Blackburn. Lyle, welcome to Paratruth Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, good. Uh, before we go ahead and kick off this episode on The Lizard Man, your book, uh, just want to give you a moment to go ahead and tell people where they can find you and where they can find your book. Uh, well, best place to start would be my website, which is lyleblackburn.com, and uh, my books are available in most places, uh, online, Amazon, um, Barnes and Nobles, iTunes, you know, and Kindle, Nook formats, paperback, hardback, everything, um, published by Anomalous Books. Uh, so yeah, just, just hit up my site. That's the best way to, uh, follow the links to, to, uh, find all my various things. <laughs> awesome. So getting into Writing the Lizard Man. This is actually a, a cryptid I had never heard of before. How did you get started in researching this? Well, it was one that I knew of. Uh, you know, the case started in 1988, so I had read various accounts uh, of this and that in other cryptozoology books and seen it on television and things. Um, following my book, The Beast of Boggy Creek, which was written about the infamous legend of Boggy Creek case in Arkansas. Um, I was trying to 
I don't know, play with ideas for a follow-up book. And so I did what I call the swamp tour. I went uh, to a lot of uh, swamp areas in the southeast where people had reported seeing, uh, you know, unknown, undocumented creatures. And when I did that, I visited Bishopville, South Carolina, uh, where the reports of the lizard man had originated. And when I got there, um, I thought the story, there was a lot to it that I'd never heard. I kind of like the setting. I, I kind of like, if, if anybody's read my Beast of Boggy Creek book, they know I like the sort of uh, southern swamp monster type uh, cases. And, and this had all of that. The creature was seen near a skateboard swamp. Bishopville is a very small town in the southern town of South Carolina. So just by researching that, uh, with uh, my research partner, Cindy Lee, um, you know, it just kind of turned out to be a case that I, I thought had something to it and would make a cool book, especially how I like to roll in my own experience with it. I don't just kind of document everything. I talk about the process of me actually going about researching the story. So from all those angles, it just, you know, kind of happened and, and that became the book. Now, one of the things that I came across in the book was a picture, and it's a picture of a vehicle. There's the Rossin's Dodge Caravan. Um, one thing that I find very interesting in a lot of these cryptid-like creatures is the people who claim to have had their cars attacked. And it's weird that all these vehicles almost seem to to be attacked in a similar way. You know, they have the same scratches or the same dings or what we call claw marks even. And one very famous one is a car that was attacked in Bray Road by the claimed Bray Road Beast. What would you say is different about this particular attack on this vehicle? And do you think it's it was truly an attack by some creature such as the Lizard Man? Well, I mean, first off, one thing particular about the Bishopville Lizard Man case and these alleged attacked cars um there was there's been three incidents of this that happened over long periods of time which is odd that mm. they're just strange incidents and there's no doubt in my mind that whatever uh caused the damage on the cars was done by an animal now i don't necessarily believe that the so-called lizard man was responsible for that but when you add all this up and you put it all together and look at the entire case it's extremely odd how three different cars could be uh, damaged in such a way near this skateboard swamp and uh, yeah like you say you know there's been other cases of this where people have reported um, cars being mauled and such in sightings uh, near cryptids. Um, so the, the Lizard Man story, it's kind of significant because that's actually where it started because in, in the summer of 1988, the, uh, the sheriff's office down there uh, got a call and it was the people who had reported, the first people that had reported a car being attacked. And in the process of investigating this, that's when the sheriff, Listen Truesdale, heard about the lizard man and mm-hmm. because just simply because people were just throwing out ideas like what the heck you know this car was definitely all torn up ate up 
definitely an animal had been on it. So um, that's when they first heard of the lizard man. So it's kind of significant in the story. And if it had been that only that one car and then it went on to, you know, other parts of the story. But uh, again, all the way in like 2008, another car had a similar incident. And then in 2011, so a very odd connection between these cars and the lizard man, although mm-hmm. I... I don't necessarily believe that the same creature that was sighted had a taste for cars. <laughs> <laughs> so when you were looking at the at the different attack cars, did you try and recreate any of it to see if it could have been a tool or anything like that compared to claws? Well, I you know, I didn't I don't really have the equipment to do that. It's it's okay. actually been done though. On uh, Josh Gates had had done it on Destination Truth, oh, and I okay. actually spoke to Josh, you know, in person about that. And and the conclusions are on the uh, show. And when you you know, I talk about that in my book. And while they were kind of able to get close to it, the only thing that really kind of replicated it was. Uh, gunfire uh, or tools that would make an extremely loud noise uh, and you know no one ever reported hearing anything like this um, none of the neighbors you know if it was something where <clears throat> vandals were going around the the uh, neighborhood plugging in tools and you know cutting on the cars or if they were firing guns at them Everybody would have heard. I mean, it just didn't add up. And so, um, you know, so in other words, it's been tried over the years to kind of replicate that. And really, I had no doubt. I mean, I'm sitting there talking to the sheriff who investigated it in 1988. And I'm also talking to the sheriffs uh, that had investigated the later ones. And it was pretty unanimous with all of them that uh, it had been done by an animal of some kind. Mm-hmm. Now, throughout all of your research, and, and perhaps what you put in the book, but even things that maybe you didn't put in the book, has anyone come forth with any type of significant evidence, such as a photo or video or even a recording of some sort? No. Um, unfortunately, in this case, there's there's been no photos and no videos with the caveat that there was something posted recently, and we can talk about that a little separately. I don't know if y'all were planning on asking me about the ABC News recently that had a lizard man mm-hmm. topic, but uh, talking about the historical case and up to the point of my book, uh, you know, there was no photos or anything. And I mean, uh, on, on the other hand, though, what I did have in this case that I didn't have in some of the others was the actual police reports. I had. Uh, affidavits from the witnesses, uh, the written affidavits that were taken within like 48 hours of the people reporting the sightings. And the reason that was available is because that Sheriff Truesdale uh, kind of took the case seriously. He wasn't necessarily convinced that people were seeing an upright reptilian humanoid, and that's what we're talking about here. People described, mm-hmm. for those that don't know, it's a, described as a seven-foot-tall uh, bipedal humanoid-like creature that they said was either brownish or green and possibly had um, scaly skin, although others had reported they believed it had hair. But anyway, 
I had these documents from the police reports to look at. And, of course, the people driving by that saw this thing run across the road that had these experiences, I mean, they just simply did not have a camera at their disposal in 1988. You know, even now it's... You know, unless your camera's up and ready to go, right. you got about two or three seconds to right. snap this photo, so it's difficult. So, um, so I, you know, there, there's no, unfortunately, no hard evidence. You know, it's you just basically have the story and you have the witness reports, you know, from the from the police. Well, unfortunately, with any any cryptid that you come across, uh, I mean, even Bigfoot, even though there is all this supposed evidence, there's still nothing saying, yeah, this creature is out there. Yeah, you can provide footprints, uh, feces, hair that's all coming back as unknown species, but until you have that creature right in front of you, like parading through the zoo or whatever, you know, it's nothing but circumstantial evidence right i mean it, you know it's all just possible evidence right or alleged evidence until it's uh evidence that's been linked to an unknown creature so until then it's sure bigfoot has a lot more possible evidence than the lizard man case right but there's a lot more sightings of bigfoot um you know uh, so naturally there should be more Available or pe- more people finding things that could be Bigfoot. So it's, right. it's sort of a the relationship between how many times the thing was sighted and how many places versus what's available. Yeah. All right, folks. I think we are going to take our first break. We are talking to Lyle Blackburn about his book, Lizard Man, The True Story of the Bishopville Monster. We will be right back after Eric's Random Fact of the Day. Have you ever wondered what the moon smells like? Well, according to NASA.gov, Gene Kernan, an Apollo 17 astronaut, says that it smells a lot like spent gunpowder. So the next time someone asks, now you can tell them. Bonjour, this is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on... Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. All right, folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been talking to Lyle Blackburn about his book, Lizard Man, The True Story of the Bishopville Monster. And just before a break, Lyle, you had said something about the ABC News uh, break on the Lizard Man. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, in the last, uh, it's been about three weeks maybe, uh, ABC News Online posted uh, a news story 
which claimed that a woman had a photo of the infamous Bishopville Lizard Man. And as well, there was a video that another gentleman had taken, and they, they posted this online. And, of course, uh, you know, it wasn't long before I began to hear of it and uh, went to uh, check it out. Um, basically, what they alleged was that a woman had sent them a photo, and she said she had come out of church one morning and saw this creature running near the the, the woods uh, in the area, and she snapped this photo. Well, first off, right off the bat, the photo just looks ridiculous. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, you know, unfortunately with the with the lizard man case, and I found this to be somewhat frustrating and somewhat interesting just as far as the whole picture of the case when you have a creature called the lizard man obviously you're going to get a lot of kooky stuff i mean you know the 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 newspaper reports that were run at the time you know goofy drawings associated Mm -hmm. with it with you know Mm -hmm. godzilla looking things i mean it's just ridiculous and this photo is just another one on top of that that it's obviously either somebody in a suit or a a miniature model of some sort taken in such a perspective that it looks big. But either way, I mean, you know, I'm pretty confident to say this is not the Lizard Man. And, you know, it's just, uh, it was ridiculous for them to even put that up there. And to not even follow up on it, I mean, it's not like they contacted the guy who wrote a book about it and had any sort of, you know, I mean, you know, I'm no... I mean, you know, they're going to call you an expert, but I'm not an expert in this. I'm just the guy who knows a lot about it, and and I've also got uh, common sense, and I can look at a photo and comment on it and say, you know, at least if they just said, hey, this is what this lady said. You know, Lyle Blackburn looked at it. He wrote a book. He says he believes this isn't real. You know, that's a better news story than just putting it out there just like at the word of some lady with this ridiculous picture. And then (laughs) on top of that... They said that within a day of them receiving that, another gentleman uh, decided he would come forward because he had a video. And so they included this video with it. And the video shows sort of a shadowy, upright figure moving between some trees in the woods. And while that's uh, better only in that you you can't obviously see it's a goofy suit. It it's sus- you know I mean it's suspect too because it just sort of starts and cuts off and the guy would have just so happened to be in the right place and he doesn't follow it you know or anything like that. It's just another one of these real quick videos that means nothing you know. I mean it's not even worth conjecturing really. So that didn't help. So all this came out and everybody's you know. Posted on my Facebook. Have you heard of this? I'm like, yeah, about a thousand times. And you know, it's it's great that the topic came up and everything, but I, I just wish it would have been something a little more credible because certainly, in in the course of my research and what I include in the book, there are some some credible sightings, and these were all again best investigated by uh, the Lee County Sheriff's Office. You know, so they kind of. Um, you know, it wasn't me just saying they're credible. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting the opinions of, of people who were around at that time and participating in the investigation. So right. there are credible sightings to it. This, this, however, was not. Mm-hmm. 
I actually came across this picture a little while ago as well. And, I mean, when I first saw it, I also thought it was a joke right off the, right off the bat. I mean, it literally looks like his entire, actually the whole thing looks like it's just made of foam and plastic, really. Yeah. Um, but also, just the size of the upper body compared to its lower body just doesn't make sense. It's not proportionate at all. As you would think, someone in the wild, how they would be built. Uh, it's just, it's a very interesting photo to say the least. And whoever decided to go through and do this obviously wasn't thinking very much. Now, in regards to this, this myth or this legend coming about, when and how uh, I guess did this did this lizard man originate? Well, the first time, like I was describing, with, in relation to the to the first car mauling incident, mm-hmm. which was in July of 1988, um, the sheriff's department got the call, and the late, and, you know, the couple said, "Hey, you know, we we came out this morning." We live down here near Skateboard Swamp, and it looks like a, an animal attacked our car. We don't know what to do. You know, we're kind of scared. So Sheriff Truesdale sent a couple of deputies down there. They go down there and check it out, not knowing what to expect. They get there. They're kind of mystified at this. And so they call the sheriff and said, hey, sheriff, you need to get down here. We really, we don't really know what to make of this. So he comes down there and starts trying to, you know, I mean, obviously sort out are these people trying for insurance fraud? What's going on here? But right. it was obvious, uh, fairly obvious that, again, an animal had done it. There was hair. There was tracks. It looked like um, uh, possibly a dog or a wolf or something had jumped up on the car. There was other tracks found somebody said they they thought they saw something like a bear track or or something bipedal and you know just a lot of weird stuff they were trying to piece together and that's when some of the locals out there in this area and again it's a very rural area it's it's in this skateboard swamp area um you know it's not it's not a neighborhood or anything like that but there's there's just folks out there that are living in this community and they came up and said well maybe it was the lizard man and Sheriff Truesdale said, uh, lizard man, you know, what is that? And they went on to in, tell him that people had been seeing what they described as a seven-foot-tall humanoid creature in the area. So, of course, he's thinking, okay, what is going on? Uh, you know, I mean, he's trying to make sense of all this. And, uh, he, you know, he basically just says, hey, if anybody has seen this creature, I'd like to talk to him. Nobody's in trouble but, you know, come on down to the office or call, and we just want to sort this out. You know, if it's a joke or if, if it's a hoax or if it really is a dangerous animal, we want to, you know, get to the bottom of it. So that's how it all started. And then there just so happened to be uh, a press person writing with Truesdale at the time, and they printed a story in the newspaper about the lizard man in the car and the whole thing. And that ended up getting the attention of, of a father of this young man, Christopher Davis, who came into the sheriff's office a few weeks later and said, uh, my boy here, I think he has something that might relate to this lizard man. And uh, the young man went on to describe what is sort of the most famous encounter with the lizard man. He said he was driving uh, through the area of Skateboard Swamp late at night about 2 a.m. coming home from work where he had a flat tire. 
we pulled off over there. And I mean, just it's he just sort of pulled off on a dirt road right there, changed his tire, and as he was just about finished, uh, he could see something coming at him through the grass. Uh, it was enough moonlight that he could see. It looked like at first he thought maybe it's a person. They're running on two legs. It's moving towards him. As it got closer, however, he really got scared because it it didn't look like a human. It looked to be larger. He said it had uh, you know scaly skin. He said it had three fingers on each hand, and so you know obviously the guy jumps in his car takes off well this thing literally jumps onto the car tries to reach in and grab him you can see black fingernails uh, on the end of its fingers grabbing at him uh, he, he manages to you know make some maneuvers with the car and dislodge the creature it fell off and and continue to try to run after the car until he just outdistanced it uh, well he, he gets home he's all freaked out panicked he goes inside you know, just runs in there, and his dad was there, and uh, you know, his father's like, "What's going on?" And he tells his father the whole thing. His father goes out; he could see damage on the car, uh, where something had, you know, broken off the driver's side uh, mirror and things like that. So the, obviously, the the father could verify that something happened to the kid. Um, so when he tells this story to Sheriff Truesdale, now Truesdale's really thinking, "Oh man." Uh, so there's something going on. You know, somebody's either playing games here, somebody's going to get hurt, or there's a really strange animal down there. And uh, from there on, then it sort of became more prominent in the news. It was being printed in the, in the uh, South Carolina papers. And then, I mean, everybody from ABC News, ironically, and uh, CBS <laughs> and a lot of other people started running news reports that summer about the lizard man and several more people came forward with sightings that happened after that one and prior to that now that people were you know was kind of coming out in the news people were more willing to come forward and say oh yeah well you know i saw something weird down there so it just sort of snowballed uh in the summer of of 88 that's how it all started Hmm. well so there's, I mean, obviously numerous accounts of this. Sometimes it has hair, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it has a tail, sometimes it doesn't. Do you think that there is any connection between lizard man sightings and Bigfoot sightings? Could it be the same creature? Because we all know of the grass man of Ohio that ha- it, it's supposed to be a Bigfoot, but it has matted green fur because of where it lives. It, could it be something similar to that? Yeah, I certainly think so. And I think in my research, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I obviously like others. I have a romantic vision of this modern day creature from the Black Lagoon. It's very cool, you know. I mean, you know, I mean, I love horror movies and, and uh, you know, the monster aspect of this. But mm-hmm. when you get right down to it, using uh, common sense and and you know, cryptozoological knowledge or whatever you want to call it. Um, you, you do start to shed away the mirage of this being a, you know, a a lizard, you know, something out of a movie with a big long tail and a big extended jaw, um, and you start looking at the accounts, and that because that's not what people were describing. Only like a like a couple of times that people said they thought it had a tail. In most mm-hmm. cases. Uh, 
nobody said it had a tail. That was drawn in, you know, when they would do a drawing in the newspaper. Oh. Um, nobody, you know, nobody said it had a uh, alligator mouth. Um, you know, this was starting to look a little bit more uh, like perhaps uh, it could be a Bigfoot. And then I had some um, witnesses reports from the sheriff and these people who had a very up close sighting it was a whole family of people and had it she had three three different members of the family write down what they had seen they all said it had hair it was brownish and they they flat out said it looked like a sasquatch and so when you start looking at at that that's obviously a one of the best witness statements as well as uh, another one i took in person in which uh, the gentleman said that the creature walked sort of uh, monkey-like. That was his, I think that was his exact word. It was monkey-like. He said it was brown. He he wasn't totally certain it had hair because of the distance. But, you know, you start adding those things up and you start looking at some other Bigfoot sightings that have been in the area and you think, well, you know, it's, it's not out of the realms of possibility that a Bigfoot, living in a swampy area you know could have been wet it could have been covered in moss it could you know could have a skin condition uh right. losing its hair there's a number of things that you could uh hypothesize i mean it's kind of crazy to explain one cryptid with another cryptid right. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you're starting to really dig a deep hole here right yeah but you know you just i just look at all the evidence and and start trying to sort it out and for me you know it almost seems that a, a bigfoot explanation is a little more plausible than a lizard man mm-hmm. but not to say it's not i mean you know reptilian humanoid is you know is there's been other sightings in other places of somewhat similar creatures and you know you can't say for sure. Even so. in the ancient world, like the ancient Sumerians and several other cultures have talked about these lizard men that came out from under the earth and, you know, lived among the humans. So it's not out of the realm of possibility, but at the same time, there's been more sightings of Bigfoot than this thing. So, Yeah, and I mean, speaking of that, ironically, or, or perhaps not coincidentally, uh, as you research the history of this uh, South Carolina area in Skateboar Swamp, you can go back about 500 years and you have tales by one of the local Indian tribes that described uh, these upright reptilian type humans. And they said they had come from the sea, they dined on fish. They said they had they said they had tails, but they were short tails, maybe a like a foot long, and they actually actually had to dig holes in the ground in order to sit comfortably because they didn't, I guess, normally uh, live in, in on on the land. Right. Uh, but they called them sharp tails. Um, hmm. Basically, is is the translation you get from the native language. But I mean, it's it's. I mean, I'm positive that nobody who started reporting sightings of the lizard man in 1988 living down there in this rural community of of uh, Skateboard Swamp, Bishopville area knew anything about that. Right. You know? Right. I mean, so that, 
you know, that kind of goes in favor of the reptilian humanoid theory and says that, you know, there could have been something seen in that area 500 years earlier. Who knows? It's really a strange case. Right. Right. Now, is there perhaps any way that maybe, I mean, based on all the evidence that you have and just all the eyewitnesses, that perhaps this thing started off as just one big hoax and over the years transitioned into something that people believe is real when maybe it really just isn't? Well, you know, there is some... I mean, you know, with any of these cryptid cases, you know, hoax theories come up. And in the case of Bishopville, you had some back and forth, uh, especially in the in regards to the Christopher Davis incident where he was attacked. Um, some of the locals claimed that a local farmer who had a butter bean farm pretty much right there where uh, Christopher, da- Christopher Davis said he had the flat tire, um, Locals were saying that he was waiting uh, there and scared the kid because apparently some air conditioners had been stolen from the processing building out there, um, which is well, when I say processing building, I mean it, it's a shack, but he had, had an, you know like a outboard <laughs> oh. uh, a window unit on it basically. Oh, and okay. I guess I guess this had been you know it had a couple stolen, so he was sleeping out there, and when he heard a car. Uh, he dressed up in this bizarre outfit <laughs> and ran out there and chased Christopher Davis off. Uh, okay, so, you know, uh, I, I even talked to the sheriff back and forth, and, you know, he, the person who they said did this never really admitted one way or another to it. Uh, so you have all, all the conflicting stories about it. But e- even if that... Even if the guy, the farmer, did dress up in a suit and run out there, now you're getting these other sightings uh, by people who are unrelated, and, and you're you're thinking, man, you know, this guy's got to really go to a lot of work to to get a suit and to do all this. Right. Um, the one in particular where I said the family had seen it, and they all three described it to the police and all that. This that happened about uh, almost three years later. So, boy, that guy was, you know, busy running across the road down there in the suit, in a convincing suit. Um, so it, it's hard for me to imagine that one person, at least, was purporting a big hoax. You know, mm. it's not out of the question in any of these cases, you know. Right. But uh, but that's just part of the story. I mean, you know, you've got he said, she said, and at the end of the day, I'm looking at police reports that – I mean, those people saw something. I mean, I can't say what it was, but I can guarantee you they didn't go down to call the police, you know, and make this up. So it was, you know, there was something physical behind this, something that they saw to make them be that scared and to to be willing to speak to the police about it. So, so you know, there's good and bad. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, one final question I have for you uh, before we go to break here is, uh, you know, there's different tales of the reptilian alien race and, you know, extraterrestrials. Uh, in any of the times that you were talking to anybody, did that ever cross your mind that it might be an E.T. incident? Well, 
you know, certainly, yeah, you, you do have the reptilian thing play into the UFO sightings. Um, you know, in my book, I kind of looked at it from a cryptozoology standpoint, but that's, that's, a lot of that was because nobody really reported any UFO sightings. Okay. That, that, that were in conjunction with this. Now, you know, I had, you had, UFO sighting or some big incident and then suddenly you saw this creature. Well, now you're dealing with something that's, you know, possible alien, but no, no, there was no UFO sightings, none of that. Um, then you can look at this, this so-called so race of subterranean reptilians that live under the earth and all that. And, right. I mean, in order to, to pop out and skateboard a swamp, you need some caves or something. I mean, okay. you know, there's no, there's, there's no, no extensive place. cave systems down there. None of that. Uh, you know, there's no big, big city sewer system where the, the, the lizard man could roam. So I, there just wasn't a lot to explore as far as those other theories. Although, you know, certainly those come into play anytime you're talking about a, reptilian humanoid but right um you know in this case i didn't find any compelling evidence to link uh the lizard man to to either of those scenarios okay Mm -hmm. all right folks we are speaking to lyle blackburn who wrote the book lizard man the true story of the bishopville monster we will be right back with the interview but we're going to take another break And this time, we're going to hear Justin's Paranormal Headlines. And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Hey, Parafans. Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. These headlines are from unexplainedmysteries.com. Creepy Robot Uninterested in World Takeover. An eerie talking female robot called Bina48 has expressed a disinterest in taking over the world. One of the most sophisticated social robots ever developed, Bina48 not only looks human, but can also use voice synthesis to carry on a conversation about a wide range of different topics. Despite exhibiting these incredibly lifelike traits, however, the extroverted robot is not quite as intelligent as she seems. While certainly capable of answering questions, Bina48 relies on a database of pre-recorded interview responses to determine what to say. Even so, as a conservationist, the robot is capable of coming out with some unexpected responses, and not even the engineers who built her can always predict exactly how she will behave. The interview, which covers a number of different topics, ends with at least some measure of encouragement for those concerned about a future overtaken by robots. Bina48 has no interest in attempting world domination for the simple reason that it is simply not worth the effort. Cassini discovers global ocean on Enceladus. Scientists are now confident that Saturn's icy moon is home to a subterranean ocean of liquid water. Enceladus exhibits a slight wobble in its orbit that can only be explained if its outer shell and interior are not frozen together, something that strongly suggests the presence of a liquid ocean. The discovery was made thanks to new research using data returned by NASA's Cassini spacecraft. 
This was a hard problem that required years of observations and calculations involving a diverse collection of disciplines, but we are confident we finally got it right, said scientist Peter Thomas. More than seven years' worth of data and photographs were used to study the moon's wobble. If the surface and core were rigidly connected, the core would provide so much dead weight, the wobble would be far smaller than we observe it to be, said SETI's Matthew Tiscarino. This proves that there must be a global layer of liquid separating the surface from the core. It still isn't clear what processes are stopping this ocean from freezing up. However, its existence opens up the door to the possibility that life may exist below the icy moon's surface. This is a major step beyond what we understood about this moon before, and it demonstrates the kind of deep-dive discoveries we can make with long-lived orbiter missions to other planets, said Carolyn Porco from the Space Science Institute. Cassini has been exemplary in this regard. And this has been Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Alright folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we are speaking with Lyle Blackburn, the author of Lizard Man, the true story of the Bishopville monster. Now, right before break, we were discussing the possibility of this lizard man being extraterrestrial. Uh, we've also discussed the possibility or the most likelihood of this creature being a cryptid. Now, Lyle, one of the things that I like to bring up, especially when we talk about cryptids, is... Well, basically, these cryptids seem to be very elusive. You know, we can't find them. There's barely any evidence whatsoever to prove or disprove their existence. And maybe the most that we have is a few eyewitnesses and maybe a print here or there in the ground. Is there a possibility in your own mind uh, that maybe this creature could be spiritual? Maybe a ghost or a demonic entity of some sort. Well, you know, I mean, I, you know, I don't like to rule out any theories because, you know, at this point, without any proof, then that's really all we got to go by. Right. Um, I, I mean, there's some ghostly things that happened down in Skateboard Swamp, and I do include those in the book. That was another mm-hmm. reason I thought it was a cool subject because. You know, the swamp itself has a little bit of a backstory, and there's other spooky things that happen down there. Um, some of those ghost-related. Um, so, you know, I mean, who can say that the lizard man isn't, you know, if, if, the, if the ghost sightings are, are true, then, you know, perhaps the lizard man fits into that. But, again, I really... Uh, the descriptions that I got, you know, just like take for example a Bigfoot sighting. You know, you, you know somebody says I I was out 
you know, hiking. I was way off the trail, and all of a sudden, I heard some sticks breaking. And I looked up, and I saw a seven foot tall, you know, ape like human. It looked at me, and it walked off. That's you know, that's kind of the the same thing with a lizard man, as far as is the eyewitness descriptions. And in the case of the Bigfoot, you don't usually you don't go well. It could have been a ghost of a Bigfoot or a ghost, or the, you know, you, you right. just think right. you just think it was, you know. Some kind of a, an entity, a, you know. Some people believe it's a paranormal entity or whatever, I suppose. But mm-hmm. you know, in most cases, you're just looking for an undocumented ape-like creature. Well, you know, the sightings of the lizard man are are very similar to that. So my impression of the whole thing was that you know this this seemed to be a flesh and blood creature. It didn't seem to be an apparition or or immaterial it didn't you know nobody said they saw it appear and disappear right before their eyes or anything like that there was there was no mist around it or uh, crazy lights or or anything like that so mm-hmm. to me it just seemed to be cryptid like you know not unlike right, a dog right. like a dogman sighting you know we talked about the beast of bray road you know it was just you know the same type of thing it's like it's just seems so Highly unlikely that there's a bipedal canid, but hey, people are seeing something and they're right. describing it. So right. who's to say? Same with the lizard man, you know, yeah. that this bipedal creature was that. So I never really thought that it was demonic or anything like that. Okay. Uh, we are, unfortunately, just about out of time here. But before we let you go, we do want to give you a second chance here to go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you, your book, and, of course, give any more information that you'd like to share. Yes. Thank you for the second chance yeah, to remind no people to visit, <laughs> to visit my website, lyleblackburn.com, L-Y-L-E blackburn.com. Uh, it's got all the information about... Uh, my two books, The Beast of Boggy Creek and The Lizard Man, and the other things I've been involved in. Um, and uh, you can also see where I'll be appearing uh, around the country. I speak at a lot of different uh, conferences from Bigfoot conferences, paranormal conferences. Who el- whoever will have me uh, come speak about these these interesting creatures. So I'm doing a lot of appearances uh, and maybe close to your town. So definitely check out my site and, and uh, look into my books. And I appreciate everybody's uh, support and interest. Thank Great. you so much. All right. Uh, thank you for being on, Lyle. It's been a blast. And I definitely look forward to any future books that you may be writing as well as maybe hitting a conference where you're at because we are looking at uh, maybe trying to get to more conferences here in the future so uh, thank you so much and you have yourself a good night sir hey thanks guys I really appreciate it All right. good night bye bye okay talk to you later yeah. <clears throat> alright folks that was Lyle Blackburn again the author of Lizard Man the true story of the Bishopville monster cryptids is something that you and I, Justin, have talked about numerous times. In fact, I believe it's really cryptids that got us into this whole paranormal radio, sh- radio show thing to begin yeah. with. Were- uh, uh, werewolves, vampires, ghosts, and aliens kind of went in there because 
you know, that's all part of the paranormal, but right. vampires and werewolves is really what we were starting to talk about. And we're like, let's do a show. Okay, let's do it. Woo! <laughs> and now here we are. Right. <laughs> Six years later. Right. <laughs> Almost seven, actually. Seven years. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, Lizard Man, what do you think? You know, but, but just based on what you heard Lyle tell us, based on what you, you know, read in the book, any... I, I don't know. I don't even know. What, what are your thoughts? Just like the Bigfoot, I think that there is... It, it could be a misidentification. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, both you and I both say we don't believe in Bigfoot. And, you know, I know listeners out there are like, well, how can you believe in Loch Ness Monster but, but not in Bigfoot? Well, Bigfoot has been hoaxed so many times that it makes it really hard to believe in it. Where Loch Ness, it was hoaxed once, as far as I've seen, and since then, nobody else has tried to hoax it. They just get evidence of things that are moving weirdly in the water or weird humps in the water, that sort of thing. So that gives more credibility. You know, and we talked about on that episode that even in the Bible, there is uh, giant sea monsters and, you know, all that stuff that is in the Bible as well. Right. So is it a possibility that it is, if there is Bigfoot out there, a type of Bigfoot that is kind of like the grassman of Ohio? Sure. Is it a bipedal, you know, lizard creature? It's a possibility because there are legends, and all legends come from some type of truth. Is it possible? Yes. Very unlikely in my opinion, but it is possible. Mm-hmm. Well, and I agree with you. Uh, you know, the one thing in regards to why I think we believe in the Loch Ness Monster as opposed to some, you know, two-legged cryptid such as Bigfoot is due to the fact that only 10% of the oceans have actually been investigated and uncovered, you know, in which we find the sea life that we have today and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, the there, there are so many trenches in the ocean that go so deep that we're just not able to get, you know, to the bottom. Basically, we don't know what exists or what's capable of existing down there. Um, and of course, yes, you know, there's a great amount of forest here in America, a great amount of jungle throughout the world that is that has just not been explored. And so there is a possibility, I think, that maybe there could be, you know, not saying there is, but that there could be a bigfoot type creature that exists you know personally i don't believe in it just the same reason that you said because there's been so many hoaxes and so little evidence based on how many years this tale has been going now right and to come up with absolutely nothing still here in 2015 when we have so many different uh, technologies that should be able to help us even out in the wild uh, to uncover such a creature as the bigfoot as for the spiritual side of it you know, cryptids is a little more difficult. You know, cryptids are much more difficult right. to to discuss in the spiritual light. Uh, you know, again, there isn't any real biblical evidence to prove or disprove the existence of a Bigfoot or a Yeti or a Wolfman, you know, and so on and so forth. Some, there are some people that will claim that scripture points to certain things, you know, certain types of creatures. Uh but of course, the, the most popular is that of the sea monsters. Mm. You know that that is literally the most uh, known, other than dinosaurs, of course, which have also been mentioned in the Bible. Uh, I said this once before that there was an episode, I believe, of Paranormal State, 
and I, I might be wrong. It might be another show, but you know, the point is that there was an episode of a show that I watched about a family suffering from demonic attacks, basically because they were living in a home that had once been used as a place where Satanists would go and do a lot of their satanic rituals. And one thing that this owner, the male, the husband uh, and father, had witnessed on several occasions is a giant wolf-like beast walking around in the woods outside of his home. Now, they lived in a cabin house out in the middle of nowhere, uh, and trees surrounded it. Now, of course, there was absolutely no evidence to prove this wolf man, uh, and he had said on numerous occasions that it almost seemed to have just disappeared. Now, this is very interesting because he's able to give some pretty good detail as to what this wolfman looked like, and yet he claimed that it just vanishes. We know throughout Scripture that Satan has been capable of turning into something else, such as a serpent or a snake, as we see in the book of Genesis, and has even been described as being very as having the ability to very easily manipulate people, uh, their minds, and even their hearts into seeing and thinking things that just aren't real. So, I don't know. You know, I think there is a good possibility that there may be a spiritual presence here in regards to the lizard man. But again, that's going way out on a limb, I think, uh, even for me, just because when it comes to cryptids, you know, we are literally talking about a physical being that leaves some type of evidence behind. In this case, it'd be damage to a car or footprints. Yeah. Yeah. But. And, it, it, you know, I mean, sure, a demon could probably manifest in some way to do that type of thing or even use a human to, to make that those prints and damaged cars. But um, the, the likelihood that... It was so spread out that it it could have been demonic. It's a possibility, but again, like you're saying, probably highly unlikely. Right. So, <clears throat> do you um, have any more? I was just gonna say, do you have any things to put out? Like, uh, well, uh, we geez. do have to announce that Eric is taking mm-hmm. a short leave of absence. Aww. <laughs> so, uh. We do want to wish Eric a, a good luck in the next couple months doing the reveal and a couple of other projects that he's helping people out with. Um, I did want to say a quick prayer for you as well, if that's okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. All right. Dear God, please protect Eric in his time of shooting the revealed as well as getting all of his actors into the state and to each location. You know, give them sustenance and give them protection as they do this uh it has been known on numerous occasions on different movies where there are people that are spiritually attacked so please protect everybody there in jesus name i pray amen amen thank you man no problem yeah so uh, yeah we'll be out for a you know maybe a couple months i'm hoping there's a time here or there that i'll be able to jump back in uh, for an episode or two if not, then I will be back probably around Thanksgiving break for one or two weeks. Um, because I, I get it like a two week break there yeah. around no, in no, mid November. But, uh, seeing out how things are playing out. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a while, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a couple episodes we are going to be doing in the future. One that I'm going to definitely try and make is our episode for Halloween. Yep. Uh, you know, that's a big one. That's one I love to 
be a part of. And then also we're, we're going to be on Talk Supernatural's uh, radio show yep. in October. And we're going to be talking about, I believe, Aleister Crowley. So that should be interesting. Uh, yeah, and uh, I think they're throwing in, you know, demonic attacks and that sort of thing in there as well. All right. <laughs> so. Right up my alley. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'll definitely be around for those shows. So, you know. It's not like you're not going to hear my voice. Plus, I still do all, still going to be doing all of the uh, intros and, of course, the random fact of the day uh, throughout the next few months as well. So I'll have time. You know, the one thing that had come to my attention earlier today is apparently the girls are talking over the weekend, <clears throat> and there was a a, uh, a mention of. Well, I was told one of them, in particular Savannah, but I'm thinking both of them <laughs> to come in and take my place over the next couple of months here. Um, you know, I think it'd be really cool to have both Shelly and Savannah to take over. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. What, what do you feel about that, Justin? Um, I, I would more than welcome it, man, because, you know, talking one-sided, I mean... Like, if you have a guest, that's one thing. But right. if you you have a guest, you only have so many questions that you can ask. So I would welcome it. I, I honestly think Shelly might shy away from it. But depending on the creature or topic, she might chime in. I would love to have either or both of them on with me to do it. Yeah. And, you know, oh. as you said at the beginning... They were more noticed than we were, so. I know, isn't that something? <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, folks, I, that pretty much ends our show for today. My name is Eric. I'm Justin. And we will talk to everyone again next week. Peace! If you enjoyed this episode of Parachutes Radio, and you would like to listen to it again, or are interested in listening to any of our past episodes, then you can listen to them on HD at our website, paratruthradio.com. And you can also find us at Stitcher, Blueberry, TuneIn, iTunes, Spreaker, and YouTube. And of course, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for brand new updates of our show every day. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher? 
or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.